All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. How far would you go to achieve the American dream? Or is the American dream a mythologized concept? What happens when real life interjects itself into your quest for this idealized life? What would you do then? Those are just some of the quandaries posed by a new feature film called Stray Dolls. The story follows Riz, a young, undocumented immigrant who comes to America from India hoping for a new life. At the beginning of the film, she winds up at the Tides Plaza Motel, run by an Eastern European woman who is... Well, she's complex. She's named Una, and she's played by Cynthia Nixon. Riz finds herself caught up with a volatile motel roommate named Dallas, who coerces Riz into stealing a brick of coke from a fellow motel resident. That theft sparks a chain of events that neither Riz nor Dallas are fully prepared to handle. As both women scramble to improve their circumstances and get out of the motel, their capacity and tolerance for violence increases. Stray Dolls was written and directed by Sanjui Sinha and star Cynthia Nixon. You can rent the film now on video on demand. And Sanjui and Cynthia, join us. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so Thanks much so for much. having us. So Sanjui, you, uh, you volunteered at a women's prison association, and you learned that motels are really magnets for crime. And then you went out and visited a lot of motels for your research. What's something you learned that you were able to incorporate in the film or something you heard during those experiences that helped you craft this film? Sure. Um, yeah, we spoke to about 50 motel owners all up the East Coast. And, um, and also my experience at the uh, Women's Prison Association, just, I just began to collect so many stories that became scenes and anecdotes in the film. Um, I think one really... Um, important detail that I learned from my volunteer experience at the Women's Prison Association was that some of these crimes that women get incarcerated for are just so petty. Um, You know, taking food home to their families or, you know, doing something for their loved ones and um, they find themselves incarcerated and and without the budget for lawyers. Um, And the rates for incarceration for women have also gone up significantly in the last 10 years in America. Um, And then motels were such an interesting setting. I I found them fascinating, incredibly cinematic, but also in the 50s and 60s, motels were these ideal places for Americans to have a vacation, middle-class Americans to have a vacation. Um, And yet now they are completely, almost 70 to 80% of motels are owned by immigrants, Indian American immigrants or Polish immigrants. so I found that really fascinating, and motels became a place uh, to really explore a metaphor, which was, you know, immigrants resuscitating America's lost dream. Um, so, so both of them sort of collided together as I was coming up with the characters and the setting for the story. Cynthia, what did you find in the character of Una that you really hadn't seen before in a script? Um, you know... Una is like like all of the characters in the film. She is amazingly complex, and she has so many different faces that she presents 
based on who she's speaking to and what she wants and what pressure she's feeling in the moment. Um, I think it's really, you know, the, the, the population of the, of the motel in our film um, is, you know, long-time, long-time Americans, uh, fr- brand-new immigrants, longer-time-ago immigrants, you know, uh, my character Una, she's you come from Poland, but you know decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but she understands the immigrant experience, and so she's able to um, be very seemingly empathetic um, when our when our main character shows up. But you 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 see there is a you know there is a there's an iron fist inside this velvet glove that she's that she's reaching out with. Um, but you but again she's not she is. You could say she is partly the villain of the piece, but you also see what terrible circumstance she's in and the pressures she feels and the the heartbreaks in her life and her her struggles to you know make something of her son as a first a first generation American who is you know the the cross cultural divide between her and her son and her mm-hmm. ambition and her hard work and her son is you know as so many you know people in their in their 20s right now in the states you know such a lack of opportunity um you know has 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 turned to to things that aren't the best for him so um i really i love this character because um she she has a certain ruthlessness but she also has the the heart of a mother Sanjuri, so, there've been so many narrative films, not many, but there have been narrative films about the immigrant experience and the undocumented immigrant experience, and some tackle the issue better than others. What unique aspect of the undocumented experience did you want to examine in this film in a way you hadn't seen before? Sure. Um, yeah, I was aware of um, almost all the films that I've um, tackled the immigrant experience, and with Stray Dolls, I wanted the the conversation to be expanded into new territory. For example, I think the narratives we've seen so far are of immigrant women, mostly, um, uh, you know, uh, mostly focused on survival and day-to-day survival. But in Stray Dolls, I really wanted to create a character that was complex and flawed and um, had a range of you know, human ambitions beyond just daily survival. Um, I wanted to explore sexuality. I think, you know, again, women of color are sort of seen seen from the male gaze, are objectified. And here we explore sexuality from the inside the way that you've never seen before. Um, so, uh, and and then on the flip side of it, I also wanted to really make a commentary on America and the way that America sets up um, sets up people to fail, both immigrants, but also, you know, white Americans who are disenfranchised. So, for example, Dallas is is a runaway teen from the South, and she is almost on a seesaw with Riz, uh, similarly disenfranchised. So I wanted to, to say, say something about um, the circumstances um, around when immigrants land in America, as opposed to just talking about survival. Cynthia, you I mentioned... feel like also the the, the, oh, film, the film combines. I mean, it's very it's very noirish, you know, in mm-hmm. its in its tone and its look, um, and it's it is kind of a, a a noirish. It evolves into a crime story, but it's it's it is very much an immigrant story, and it's very much a 
um, a look at what it is like in a certain in a certain part of our of our of Trump's America right now. And while you know Trump himself isn't isn't a isn't really discussed in the film, you you really you feel him and you feel the direction America has gone in. And we do see him on um, on the television at mm-hmm. one point, and we see my character Una watching him, and you think actually kind of liking what he is. What he's uh, what he's saying. My guests are yeah, Sanjay Sinha and Cynthia Nixon. We're talking about their film *Stray Dolls*, which is available on video on demand. Sanjay, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, just echo what Cynthia said. It's truly an um, uh, an immigrant story, but disguised as a crime thriller, so that we could sort of wrap these subversive and. Pet- and poetic metaphors about America um, and, um, you know, the immigration crisis now. Cynthia, when we first meet Una, and it's, and it's we a, see and her it's promise. And it's a queer love story, too. I mean, there's a lot, there's a, you know, there's so many wonderful threads running through it. When we first meet Una, she's, she's promising to help her. She seems like she might be a, a light for her. And then she immediately shreds Riz's passport. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, I, I'm curious <sighs> for you as an actress when you saw that in the script, how did that help you understand who this woman was? Um, I, you know, I just think it's a it's a beautiful thing, and it's, it's the moment when Liz finally finds out that I've done that late in the film, she just she just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, it's exactly the kind of uh, as as Una is welcoming Riz in, um, saying, I know what it's like, but you're going to be okay if you just work hard and, you know, I'll take care of you, I'll help you, I'll help you get an American passport, I'll help you do all these things, but but Una knows that she is the the queen of her little, of her little fiefdom there and that she has all of these people who, through one way and another, through being in debt to her or being trapped by a lack of a passport or 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 drugs all all of these little um ways that she has of of making money but also keeping people close and then but we also see how una is despite her 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 almost sadism sometimes with 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 these people um how she does think of them as her family and she mm-hmm. in her very warped view um these are the family that she has, and she insists they come to karaoke with her, and that they all sit and dance and and drink, and um, it's 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 very it's very complicated. And that's why she was such a fun character to play. It's like she's a you know she's a shark moving through the water, but she um, depending on what angle you catch her from, she looks she looks beautiful and terrifying moment to moment. Sanjay, so, you, you don't give us a whole lot of backstory on a lot of these characters. We, we get the most from Riz through phone calls back home. Why did you want us to not know so much about these characters? You know, it's interesting. My, um, my co-writer, Charlotte, and I, of course, we wrote several drafts of of the story and in some of the earlier versions we did explore you know uh, sort of a backstory for Riz and flashback scenes but then we ultimately decided that the strength of the story is is to capturing the audience um, on a ride so I wanted 
the story to sort of start at an A point and then take us to Z. And, and you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the scenes at the, at the phone booth. Um, those scenes are really, they feel really personally resonant because I think all of us have been through this experience of, you know, moving to another country or even study abroad where we've called home and told our parents that we're okay when things are really not okay. So, so that scene is sort of a metaphor for being away from home, but also for an audience to be able to project their own stories um, and sort of be able to, to take something um, from that scene for, for themselves. Um, so, so yeah, we consciously decided to, to create um, a compelling um, ride of a film that sort of sweeps you and takes you with, you know, takes an audience with you. And I don't think I'm I also to... love how it just it just feels that um, we we start with Riz. We don't know who she is. We don't know mm-hmm. where she's come from. We don't know what's gone before. But I think that's what it feels like for her uh, to arrive in the United States. That everything that went before it sort of is is lost to her. And it's why those scenes of her calling home and the phone booth are so incredibly touching, because all of a sudden that door opens on the world that she came from and her family and you imagine her as a child and um, she's such a different person because she has to be so stoic and so hidden but with her mother her her heart comes through that is that she's working so hard to protect 24 hours a day in America because she's so under attack. I'm curious Cynthia about your thoughts about this, about Una, you know, it seems like the American dream for her has gotten off track or her, she kind of created her own version of it with what she has available to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, I, yeah, I think that she's very proud of herself. I think she has worked incredibly hard. And I think, you know, the, you know, we, you, you, you get the sense that where this is taking place in upstate New York is a really uh, economically hard hit area, but she is, she is surviving. She has found a way to keep her motel open and keep the money coming in. Um, but I think the thing that she didn't, and she, you know, she came to America to, for economic opportunity. It, you know, she's not rich, but she's doing, she's doing fine with some, you know, some illegal business on the side. But I think the thing that she didn't count on in coming to the United States is um, the gulf that what it would mean to have to have a son who is an American and who it does not have the um, the old world values that she was raised with and she and she comes from and and the lack of lack of am- ambition that he shows, but also the lack of respect for her is 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 the thing that is that is breaking her heart and the and the enormous uh puzzle that she cannot find the answer to that it's it's driving her mad that she's that she can she can build her little empire but she cannot seem to um save her son or set him off on the right path my guests are Cynthia Nixon and Sanjui Sinha. We're talking about their film, Stray Dolls, available on video or demand. And I don't think I'm giving too much away because I said in the beginning that they, they, find, they deal with a, a brick of cocaine, so violence yeah. surrounds when you have to find a brick of cocaine. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sanjui, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, is it, 
the circumstances that forced these young women into the crimes, or when you were writing it, did you think they, we need to feel like they bear some responsibility for what they do? Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I think it's, it's truly their circumstances Mm -hmm. that are so flawed around them. And, you know, they are trying to make the best decisions they could given their choices. Mm -hmm. Um, but the film does explore this, this idea of fear and climate of fear and, and what, what, you know, a person does when they're psychologically trapped or economically trapped or, or physically trapped, um, and how those choices sort of diminish um, psychologically for you, leading you to commit these, you know, leading you to desperate measures. Um, And I think these two characters are definitely pushed psychologically to these desperate measures um, because they believe that that's the only way out. Um, Interestingly enough, we're sort of in this um, weird climate of fear at the moment, um, and this fight or flight instinct has kicked mm. in for us as well. And so I think this idea of like just, just running away to find a better life or just sort of transporting ourselves to another reality that's better than what's happening around us right now is like something so universal and maybe resonant now, perhaps, I hope. We mentioned earlier just the it's it's such a lush looking film and it's got such a beautiful a beautiful sensibility about it. And Cynthia, I'm curious for you as an actor, how does the the director and the cinematographer's vision affect your work? Um you know, I feel like it's such a it's such a mood piece. It's mm-hmm. so it's it's literally about you know the dark underbelly of the american dream it's the it's the the the, the demimond the, the 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 other world the dark world and it's so um it's so beautifully represented and so i feel that you know the lighting but also the way we were able to shoot in the real um in a real uh, non-functioning motel it just gave a gave this spooky quality because there is there is nothing like shooting on location you know Mm -hmm. that it's very it's very comfy and cozy when you're shooting in a studio but when you are when you're shooting on a real location in in in, you know with real rooms and real real hotels and parking lots and lobbies and all of that stuff you it's just that much easier to to believe that you're there and um yeah, I, I I feel like it was such a, it has some like, you know, startlingly funny unexpected moments. But it's it's actually a that like the actors are so amazing, and it's just a very, it's a very real film. And um, I think the way it's the way it's shot and the way it's lit really is is a is completely a part of that. And Cynthia. Yeah, fun fact about oh, oh please go ahead. Jump in. Please, yeah, go for it. Fun fact about that motel we found was that um, it was it was actually a foreclosed motel in Poughkeepsie, and it was foreclosed because there were two shootings there. 
Um, so we ended up negotiating with the bank and oh. and renting that place for for the shoot. But it was important from the get go to really find a location that felt real and gritty. And we were never gonna, you know, rent something and try to make that into a motel. Um, making the film as real as possible was a priority. And in fact, we we even cast a lot of uh, locals. Um, from other motels in Poughkeepsie as extras um, uh, to to really create a sense of realism around the motel. And Cynthia, yeah, it's, everybody it, knows it, you're... you're it's oh, a, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, finish. I was just going to say, it's it, it, it's a haunted kind of feeling motel in it, and it's a haunted film. And I think that, you know, where we shot it really, really reinforced that. Before I let you go, Cynthia, you are a lifelong New Yorker, Hunter College High School. You went to Barnard. You considered yeah. you considered being governor of the state. Um, yeah. I'm cu- you know, imagine if you were governor right now. Think about that. Yeah. What, yeah. what is what is something that you think the current governor is doing well, and something you'd like to see, you'd like to push him on? Um, I think one of the things I think. I would say two things that I think are the best things that he's doing right now um, are the way he is interacting with Trump and his daily broadcasts. I think that walking a fine line of, of, you know, holding the president's feet to the fire, but being conciliatory at times um, so that he's not, they're not 100% enemies, I think that's been very important. Um, and I think I think his broadcasts are really, really valuable because without uh, Donald Trump leading us through this crisis, we need um, this same way Jay Inslee is doing, you know, in, in mm-hmm. Washington or Gavin Newsom in California. I think we're looking to governors now with a sense of reality and a, and a, and, a, and an honesty about how bad things are and what we're going to do about it rather than sugarcoating and denying. I think getting on television and speaking directly to people is really important. Um, I think the thing that I think he's not doing well is um, as he's always, you know, refuses to, you know, we're an incredibly, we're the wealthiest state in the, in the country and we've got more billionaires than anywhere else. uh, I think on the planet maybe. Um, and that he, his refusal again and again to raise even the smallest amount of taxes on millionaires and billionaires and uh, corporations, things that we could do, very, very easy fixes that we could do right now um, so that we wouldn't, for, uh, as he's done, for example, cut $2.5 billion out of the Medicaid budget um, when we're in the midst of a, of a pandemic. This is all evolving, so who knows, right? Cynthia Nixon, Sanjuri, I said we're all. This is so. This is evolving. Who knows what is going yes, to come evolving, out of this? You know, definitely. yeah. Yes. When you think about it, Cynthia Nixon and yeah. Sanjuri Sinha. The name of the book. The name of the movie. Excuse me. Is Stray Dolls. It is available on video on demand. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for Pleasure having to talk us. To you. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. 
Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.